Galnet News Digest, 7th of April 3306. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, fleet carriers revealed to be useless. Deep Space Discord. Why not try some tritium? Fleet carriers revealed to be useless. Early work by armchair scientists has revealed that the new fleet carriers are utterly, utterly useless. Not only do they cost 5 billion credits, which is directly contrary to the first directive, which says that everything in the galaxy should be available to all commanders immediately, without anything but the most minimal effort required, and not only do they have an upkeep cost, which is contrary to the second directive, which states that commanders can only gain credits, not lose them. But they're also highly deficient in key features, which means that no one will ever want to purchase one. For a start, fleet carriers take an appreciable amount of time to spin up their hyperdrives. The ship needs to go through a period of preparation during which trades are completed and any visiting commanders who do not wish to travel have the opportunity to go ashore. On arrival at its destination, the fleet carrier must cool down its drive before preparations can begin for the next jump. This means that commanders who launch from a fleet carrier to explore have a reasonable expectation that it'll still be there when they return an hour later. And it also means that the galaxy map will not go completely crazy with fleet carriers winking in and out of a system with the brevity of fireflies. But it is clearly just not good enough. If you want to take your fleet carrier to the very far side of the galaxy, to Semitus Beacon, it will take you three or even four weeks. Where is the instant gratification in that? Something the size of a space station should of course be able to jump faster and further than any exploration ship. Secondly, fleet carriers have neither a missions board nor a universal cartographic sales point. This means that fleet carriers are unable to disrupt local economies in unpredictable and exciting ways, and that explorers will be unable to sell their exploration data to their own fleet carrier meaning that they will occasionally have to return to civilization to earn the money to keep their fleet carrier running and to make their bank balance look unfeasibly, bulgingly enormous. Fleet carriers are also not able to jump far enough, cannot be operated by anyone other than the owner and their crew, the ability to store commodities is useless, or at any rate would be useless if commanders were allowed to store commodities in starports, they need to be refuelled every two jumps, and yes, you can store tritium on board, but why let facts get in the way of a good moan? And they're utterly, utterly useless for power play. They're not much good for CQC either. The Pilots' Federation has been positively besieged by a grateful community of commanders ready to not buy fleet carriers, even if they could afford them, and campaigning very, very noisily for absolutely everything about fleet carriers to be changed. Meanwhile, Operation Ida is investigating how fleet carriers will be able to streamline station repair. The East India Company is trialling them for use at their trading post. And the Hutton truckers are going to make sure you really can buy an anaconda at Hutton Orbital, or at any rate, pretty close by. And limpets. 
limpets are at a premium at the Proxima end of the Alpha Centauri system. Deep Space Discord In related news, the fuel rats and the hull seals have lodged complaints against the people behind Fleetcom and the Distant Worlds Expeditions, who are planning to create a network of fleet carriers at strategic points around the galaxy. To be known as a Deep Space Support Array, these fleet carriers will be stationed permanently, and will provide the opportunity for explorers and other commanders in the area to stop off to repair, to change loadouts, and even to switch to other ships. This mesh of safe harbours will take away much of the risk of long-distance travel, and provide social hubs. Indeed, they may in due course become colonies in their own right, with commanders living their entire careers out there, and never having to return to the bubble. This could be the opportunity to shape the galaxy for ourselves, without the need to get the Pilots' Federation involved. However, the fuel rats are reported to have raised their complaint because Fleetcom was intending to provide refueling facilities on deep space support array fleet carriers. The fuel rats claim that refueling should be the prerogative of the fuel rats alone. And the hull seals are believed to have similarly complained that ship repair should be carried out only on their fleet carriers. Accordingly, each location in the deep space support array will now have three fleet carriers. One for refuelling, one for repair, and a third for outfitting and shipyard. The Galactic Mapping Project will record the locations of these little clusters of fleet carriers on EDSM. Little beacons of uneasy truce between explorers, filling station operatives, and mechanics. Why not try some tritium? There has been confusion this week about how to pronounce the name of fleet carrier fuel. Tritium is a rare heavy isotope of hydrogen, with not none, not one, but with two neutrons in its core, making it roughly three times heavier than plain old hydrogen, and a third again heavier than deuterium. Ice made using tritium is not only denser than water, therefore sinking to the bottom, it is also radioactive, in a way that makes it pretty handy for nuclear fusion. It can be created using cosmic ray bombardment or by irradiating lithium, and is found in large quantities in icy asteroid belts as surface or subsurface deposits, or in the tritium store. It can be pronounced in one of two ways, tritium or tritium. The pronunciation tritium is incorrect and anyone heard using this form must try harder. And that is this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to.